I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill Choices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angel voices, O oh, night. was born, O night, O holy night, O night divine. Dude, I'm so excited. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Shining. What's the other one? Uh, what, I can what? play that on the bass, by the way. Oh, holy! And I've been working on that one for the folks. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Have you? Um. How how far along are you on the bass? Are you? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting pretty decent at it. Yeah. You get? Um, are you hitting any of the any of the like flea stuff here? Are you doing some R H C? No, no, no. Well, I don't. I, I've tried to play a few flea things on the the electric, you know. And there's a few songs that are simpler enough but like the more complicated songs i can't even begin right now but more on the upright the upright bass i've been playing more now yeah you like yeah. A, you're like dude you're regular charles mingus dude i wish that'd be <laughs> awesome mingus you rules. are a jazz boy you do know you have like a, a jazz acumen like you know you know a lot about yeah. it yeah it's probably my favorite of all genres yeah. That's that's funny, dude. Because I yeah, I was into that in high school. Like I was in my high school jazz band, and it was something I was like really interested in. But I just sucked at music. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I always thought I did too, but then like I'm like I don't know. Sometimes I think it's about like finding an instrument that you really take to, and yeah. that took me a long time to get into. And now I just am like playing for the fun of it. So I'm not putting pressure on myself either. So. That's I'm, like, oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing good yeah because when you're in dude it's so it's weird because like you know when you're in high school your life is so insular like it's your whole world and so like when i was in high school and i had these band directors that were like really hammering it into us you know having to rehearse over and over again and trying to get us yeah. to understand like music theory and all this stuff i just thought like oh this is what music is like you have to do it this way and it never occurred to me that these guys are losers 
Deezer's fat guy, like just yeah. fat failures who couldn't actually make it as musicians and, and like fell back on being band directors. And so yeah. the reason they're so angry and screaming at me is because this is not their dream. Exactly. No, well, it's the same. I feel like it's the same when you get like a like improv teachers. They're just they just seem so irritated with everybody. Yeah, you know, nobody's like, well, of course dream... you're irritated. That's the worst job ever. Yeah, nobody's dream is to be like an instructor. <laughs> Their dream is to be <laughs> yeah. the like the actual performer, like the person entertaining people. Yeah, you know, you become an instructor is either a fallback or just a, a good scam, especially in improv. Jesus. Forgive me, I shouldn't take his name in vain. Forgive me. <laughs> um, yeah, on his birthday. Yeah, his birth. Yeah, this is the the Christmas extravaganza, and we're getting we're getting started right by uh, being angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, man. Airing grief. We're, well, we're, we're doing festivus. Yeah, we're doing festivus. We're airing grievances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get festivus out of the way before we can get into Christmas. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I've had that- it up to here with my boss. But that was like my experience with music because like I was interested in all that same stuff like blues guitar and jazz music and stuff like that. But I had this oh, like yeah. I had this like preconceived notion based on my band directors that music was like a certain way and it just kind of like sucked the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the the idea of just picking up an instrument and just pl- actually playing with it and just figuring it out that way never occurred to me and well it's it's kind of like obviously if like if i started playing with somebody who knew their stuff they would get irritated with me real quick probably because they'd be like probably mad at my form and and i don't know how to read music at all so like that's you know i'm just lying heavily yeah but a lot of musicians don't a lot of musicians don't know how to read i mean it probably helps i mean you ever you ever watch those like victor wooten videos do you know who that is? Uh, I'm not familiar. Mm-mm. Victor Wooten, he's that like really prolific bass player. He's been, he's like a session guy. And he's been in a ton of bands. Um, like electric or upright? Uh, both. He, he plays like it. I'm mostly electric. Um, mm. but he he's like a really like well renowned uh bass player, and he does these like bass clinics all the time. And you'll see clips from him on the internet. He's got one where he's like. He's like, there are no wrong notes. He's like, ain't nobody, ain't nobody listening for the key. They listening for the groove. He's like, watch this. Is this a white guy you're talking about? No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Totally a a couple of whiteies I know. Yeah, no, he's he's like, he's like, listen to this. And he starts playing some (laughs) stuff. And he's like, see that? That's the wrong note, but I got groove. And he's just like playing along to like whatever the track is. And it sounds good. Like, I don't know enough about music to be like, oh, no, these, this is the wrong key. I'm like, this sounds really good. Uh, yeah. Music, um, but yeah, I mean. Well, that's kind of what I'm like. I feel like I'm learning is because like the more I'm like playing with the idea of, of like where I can find the same note on a different string, like that that's starting to open up. Like, I feel like this kind of pattern that I'm like, well, that makes it. So if I see it maybe more in a pattern, that would make sense. So yeah i could bypass the reading of music but yeah i really just don't want to read music you don't I'm, have to. I'm like god it looks like it sucks and i'm having fun again it's no music's pressure, interesting so. i mean any talent is interesting because i think like with anybody there's a there's a hair in my microphone's bugging me whatever um with anybody uh 
it, it, these things are I, to a certain degree, I think innate. So it's just this random thing where some people can pick up an instrument and they can hear music and they just like pick it up pretty quickly. And then if they just like keep at it, they develop those skills and just get really, really good at it. Yeah. And then other people it take, you know, it takes them a while. Like they have to like really struggle to figure it out, but they can like learn their way around it and become like the, uh, you know, the bass player at like their local, local bar band, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I was thinking about that too. I was like, that'd be really cool if I could get to a place where I could just like play at some rinky dink band every now and then that'd be like awesome. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be so fun to me. Like, cause I've only played with people like just a few times and that has been exponentially more, uh, like efficient and productive use of time rather than just playing alone. I mean, when you're plucking alone, you're just, yeah, you're really just like, yeah, right. it, can't, it doesn't really work in a vacuum. You do need like other people to bounce off of bounce off of. They're telling you stuff you're learning from them, you know? So yeah. uh, like, it'd be so fun to play with more people. Yeah, that yeah, that was always like that was that was what was fun about band was just like playing with people and the camaraderie. It's it's just very that's that's such a like very like strict environment. Like it's very structured and mm-hmm. it, you know they and you get screamed at by fat losers every day because <laughs> you're going too fast or you're going too slow or whatever. Yeah. Like have you have you seen Whiplash? Oh yeah. Yeah, it is like that. But imagine that, but just that like of middle of nowhere high school where it's like why are you acting like this <laughs> the best case scenario for this is we go to st- we win state yeah we get a trophy and then th- the next year nothing like nothing's changed nobody's lives are different <laughs> we don't have any yeah. careers <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah we never won state <laughs> we never yeah. band competitions are so <laughs> stupid <laughs> i don't think my school got state for anything the whole time i was there yeah yeah it was a it was a big deal for the band though it was like we got to get to state this year and looking back on it it was really silly because it's like well we're not even like it's not a sport we're not like actually competing on the field with anyone else yeah we're doing our number like each band does their own like performance Mm -hmm. and then there's just judges who like judge like judge the performances but it's not like it's not like football where there's like two teams actually competing. Yeah, it's so subjective. Yeah, it's it's li- it's literally just like a band doing what they do at every halftime show, but for a group, an, an, uh, like a more powerful group of losers, <laughs> which is the the state like UIL band judges. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> hmm, I don't know about that one. Yeah, other failed musicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, we didn't make it so these kids aren't gonna make it either sure oh, um man. but man yeah good on you for for uh following your dreams thanks it's fun because <laughs> i always have like music too and i'm like i, I should be playing it so but I, I like the bass a lot that's the thing i think you finding i think people should just play with all kinds of instruments and see what kind of hits because like also that's another thing that sucks about school band and school band this happened to my brother all right uh my brother drake he wanted to play you the saxophone. call me on my cell phone hey <laughs> well all right so drake wanted to play saxophone right and they were like uh but you're left-handed so you should play the french horn and he's like you know he's a kid he's like all right 
And then, well, now he's not interested in the French horn. So are you going to play something you're not interested in? Or are you going to give it your full effort? It's like, no, but he wanted to play the saxophone. So it's like, he kind of already knew what he wanted. And I think sometimes people necessarily don't. They just know they want to like do something musically. So they, people just go get an acoustic guitar. But it's like, you might not like playing acoustic guitar, you know? Sure. So I think people should like try to find or zone, focus in on like an instrument in particular, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm a narcissist because I never, I never could understand why people would get into bass because it was always such a, it, unless it was like a, a like a special case, unless they were the, the outliers, it was always such just a rhythm instrument. So they were kind of hanging back. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the stars were the lead guitarist and the the vocalist always, yeah, yeah. And but every now and then, you know, you get you get a really good bass player who's just as celebrated. You know, have you gotten mm-hmm. into Primus yet? Oh, dude, love Primus. Hell yeah! You, you know, go. and that bass is seems that's so, like looks so intimidating to play. I mean, especially the technique. It's like so. It's so nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's like that. I'm years away from. I feel like I did, like bro, dude. I think there's people who've been playing forever who can't do that. Like that's that's I mean, such I a. Could probably bullshit my way through it. Oh, forget, forget me. <laughs> it's, the Lord's, it's, the, it's the Lord's birthday. Uh, uh, I could probably get through it at some point, but playing it how he plays it, obviously. I mean, how that how that guy in Primus played bass. Les Claypool. Les Claypool. See, I don't even yeah. I don't know his name. But yeah, yeah, it's uh but I don't know. Again, I'm more interested in the upright now. So it's he it's hits the upright. Odd. He's got the upright. Ooh, nice. when, he, when they do Mr. Kringle, you gotta see him live. Oh yeah, dude. yeah. Mr. Kringle. Wait, he does oh he that's his band. Primus. Yeah, Les, Mr. Kringle. Les Claypool. The song is called Mr. Kringle. Oh, oh, oh. When, when you go see him live and they play Mr. Kringle from the album Pork Soda, mm-hmm. he brings out the upright and nice. uh, plays it with a bow. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah the bow is really hard. It's like, Ooh, I'm going to look it up. Dude, it's good. Um, it's really fun when you're on mushrooms and they're just playing because they, they jam. So the, he'll, he'll stretch it out for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so they'll play the music, the the footage from the music video, which is like a, a just a hellscape fever dream. The music video, <laughs> just on a loop. So you're just on mushrooms, like, dude. I I am in hell right now. <laughs> this, this is, is terrible. Cr- this is so scary, but it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, this is quite a sight. I'm in- <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, he, he wears this like really scary pig mask on oh, stage, yeah. and he also wears it in the video. And, and then like in the video there's just all this like crazy stuff happening behind them and so they're just playing this on a loop and they're jamming this song and it just it just sounds like a like a funeral dirge from hell like, yeah. it's like a like a carnival funeral it's so it's so cool but it's very scary if you've eaten a, a quarter ounce of mushrooms before the show <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah that would be that good yeah uh. But the la- the last time I went and saw him, it was cool though because like I I had like that mushroom whimsy that that spiritual mm. magnetic energy, and so like all the rich guys like all the rich old guys from Connecticut that were there just liked my vibe, and pulled me up to like the third row with them. Nice, so that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and then I went crazy not too long after that. <laughs> mm. Just lost everything, which is 
what we were talking about before this, the the, yes. the, Chris, the Christmas miracle, because we were we were talking, uh, and we're we're going to get into to today's uh, uh verses, chapters, yes. and verses. Uh, tis the season, you know. Um, <laughs> yes. But it, after all, yeah. Anybody who's been following me or knows me knows at least the bare bones, the skeleton of what happened to me. That kind of put me at below rock bottom pretty much yeah. and um i started this uh the youtube channel and the uh rss feeds like the apple podcast spotify and all that for this um what like two or three maybe four months not too long ago within this fiscal quarter you know <laughs> and, yeah and i don't four. Yeah, and I don't really keep up with the analytics for the audio stuff. I know I I probably should, but I've been like really focused on the YouTube channel. Uh cuz it's there the YouTube channel has like more of a community uh aspect to it whereas like the audio stuff is just like it just shows you analytics, but you can't like interact with people on there. Right. Uh but I've been paying attention to the YouTube channel and like in that time we've gone from creating it to now as of this recording, the channel has 903 subscribers. Yeah, that's really impressive for four months. Yeah, and the, and uh, you know I'm petty. I'm I uh, am sinful and, and and egotistical. So I do look at other shows that have been going on for a while, like a year, two years, however long they've been going on, and they like they haven't come like close to this. And it's like the the subscribers I have is not a lot, you know. There's you know there's channels that have millions of subscribers, um, even like successful podcasts, you know, have tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand or whatever. And then the really big channels are in the millions. Those are like the gamers and Russell Brand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I would say nine hundred and three subscribers in a, in a few months ain't nothing to sneeze at. And so, and to to do it the way I've been doing it with zero production value and just a complete skeleton crew and to, to be building something this way, you know, I'm proud of myself. You yeah, know, I, you should. Yeah, and I know pride is, you know, it can be a sin, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's you know, it's different. It's more, it's not your arrogance. It's more uh, your, your you want to you want yourself to keep doing the good job that you've been doing so there's nothing wrong with that You're, sure you know you've been pounding this thing out you know and so i say you know christmas miracle or not maybe not now but it's coming <laughs> you know it's coming well so that, that's the thing the christmas miracle is coming even if it doesn't come this christmas you know yeah. it, could, it could it could be a few months from now you know we'll get a christmas miracle in july yeah uh, if you, it's, you know it's it's always Christmas with God. You know? Yeah. You know? But there's, there are people who have been trying to figure out broadcasting or pod. I don't like the word podcast, even though it's so ubiquitous. It, it always reeked of when, you know, the way tech guys just it, reinvent a thing that's existed forever anyway, and then give it a different name. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah, like Grubhub, where it's like, what do you mean takeout? You mean delivery? Oh, sure. had this you could call the restaurant and they'll bring you your food and they're like yeah but what if there was a middleman and everyone got paid less <laughs> and it's called grubhub 
<laughs> is it pricier for the customer? Yes. Yeah. What if what if what if there was a guy who didn't work for the restaurant who went and picked up your food and brought it to you in his like banged up accord and, and no guarantees that he's he's not gonna steal your food. <laughs> That's you know, I've never I've only had like one thing ever like missing, and I just like said it was missing and they they refunded me. The uh Uber Eats did. Yeah. Or whatever. But, which was like, That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then one time I had free food just show up at my door. Nice. And I I probably should have went around and asked some every, I guess I've asked all my neighbors if anybody ordered something because I looked at the address, there was no name or anything or, you know, so I was just like, I'm going to eat it. (laughs) So I just ate food. Um, But yeah, I always thought like podcast was just like one of those like dopey tech things where it's like, this is all, this has always existed. It's called broadcasting. And you just gave it like a dumb name that everybody adopted, which I think the name itself is referencing the iPod, which does not exist anymore. Wait, so what are you talking about? Podcasting. The word mm-hmm. podcast, everybody uses it. And I don't think anyone's ever really considered the etymology or like what the word is. But I, I believe if I am to use any sort of like critical thinking and d- deductive reasoning, the pod in podcast is referencing the iPod, which does not exist at this point. They don't make them anymore. So it's it's a silly word. I, I would prefer to just call it broadcasting, but nobody calls it that. It's all podcasting. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it is a broadcast. It's a broadcast. It's just because it's over the internet doesn't make it like a different thing. It's people well, talking and disseminating information through. Like, I don't think you're gonna. Get, you're, you're, I don't think you're gonna get rid of the word podcast. No, I'm not. I'm. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it. Just feels like an undignified word. Mm. I feel silly saying it, but that's well, what it's called. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, right. feels... take it easy grandpa damn <laughs> i know right <laughs> well, grew... these kids don't even know what pod means <laughs> yeah i grew up on broadcasting i grew up on am radio what do you do what are you gonna do uh but yeah That's you know funny. uh but yeah what i mean what i was saying though is you know just the, the spirit of christmas the miracle of christmas you know, not not anyone could do what I could do. You know, I I I, <laughs> I crashed and burned, and I'm rebuilding. And I don't think a lot of people could survive that and, and continue on and build something greater than it was before. Um, I don't think people can build anything, even if they're stable. I think there's people who've been plugging mm-hmm. away at things for years and years, and have not managed to draw an audience in any meaningful way um because they uh are not talented they don't have the innate ability for broadcasting like i do um and they just can't draw an audience but everybody wants a media career now even though like nobody like a lot of people they're like trying to get into this don't realize they they don't possess the uh just that that spiritual uh ethereal innate quality you know, that you need to be good at this. You know, it's just random. You know, some people are good at it. Some people aren't. I'm good at it. You, you could know? be really good at knitting. Yeah, you you got to find your talent. And, and just because you listen to a bunch of podcasts and like comedy and all that, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, I really like this thing, so I'm going to do it. 
And if I just like really work hard and try hard, it, it'll work out for me. You know, as, as long as I just never give up. And it's like, nope, nope. It, it there's a really good chance it won't work. There's a really good chance two or three decades from now you're gonna look you're gonna look back on all these years and go, man, this j- I am lost. You know, this just did not work out. Hmm. Uh, not me though. <laughs> Not me. Well, that's good. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially after that statement. That's yeah. that's... I'm different. <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all the best. <laughs> all the yes, all the best to you. Blessed be seasons greetings. All the best to you and yours. <laughs> goodwill on earth, peace, peace to men, and goodwill on earth, or whatever. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're about to find out yeah we're about to find out we we uh this is the this is the christmas uh it's a long chapter yeah it's a really long chat what, what do we you said chapter two i i read chapter one and two which were very both very long yeah i mean that's the thing is there's a couple of all the uh accounts of jesus's birth this one's probably the most uh um eventful it has yeah, a lot going is, on. There's a the lot going on, and there's a lot in here that I don't remember. This is the chat. I guess this is the the book that is not in the movies. This is not the one that people, uh, you know, look at as like the story of Christmas and Jesus's birth. This one talks about like taxes, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like earlier. Yeah, it does. But we get to the reason why I think it's better than the one in Matthew is because the one in Matthew is a little bit more about Joseph being skeptical about Mary's sudden pregnancy, which would be juicy. A lot of people are always like, yeah, I mean, clearly that was, you know, that's like the biggest thing people are always say about Mary, right? It's like, oh, it's it someone else's clearly. So we could go that route. But then they kind of vaguely go over the wise men. And like this one, uh, Luke 2, uh, this is the one that's used in Charlie Brown Christmas when Linus takes the stage to tell what Christmas is all about. So I yeah. thought this would be an appropriate one. And then Luke and, uh, or I'm sorry, Mark and John don't even talk about the birth of Jesus. They just right. like go right into his ministry. Yeah, this one talks about a a lot of stuff and then it just kind of it kind of glosses over the wise men it mentions some shepherds but you know no no real mention of any gold frankincense or myrrh anything like that um so yeah this this is not in this one either i didn't see it i uh actually i I didn't i didn't read it beforehand actually (laughs) let me check mark Folks, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about the gospel according to Saint Luke uh, from the New Testament. We, uh, we, you know, for for Christmas, uh, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, we are going. We're, we're going to do a little Christmas uh, episode here, talking about the uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're jumping ahead to the New Testament for for Christmas. Don't even say gold, frankincense, and myrrh in Matthew either. Where do they get that from? Where are they getting this? You said gold, Francis. Gold, Francis, and myrrh. Where's gold, Francis, myrrh? Where's Francis, gold, Fran, Francis, gold, myrrh? Uh, the accountant? <laughs> Francis, 
Where are you? Hey, uh, Francis. Francis. <laughs> Maybe it's like somewhere else that's like when they're talking about I don't know. Yeah, where where gold frankincense and myrrh come from? I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. If you don't see it, if it's not in the Bible, then that's crazy. That that's so that's such a part of our uh, culture and understanding of the the story of Christ. And if it's not yeah. in here, I I'm gonna <laughs> dude, I'm gonna blow a gasket. <laughs> Why have we been? Why, why have we been told this for, for our entire lives that they brought him weird incense and gold? It's not yeah, even well, in the book. Uh, yeah, may, yeah, maybe it's like referred back to uh, later on in the New Testament, maybe by like another one of the epistles. Epistles? Yeah, I guess I guess that's the word. I don't know. Well, there's, um, an, there's epistles and then there's apostles. That's true. There are ep- epistles and apostles. I think the epistles are the books written by the apostles. That sounds like something you would do if you're like, if you work in theater and you're warming up, you go epistle, apostle, epistle, apostle. Yeah. Yeah. A little warm up (laughs) exercise. Yeah. Yeah. A little vocal. Um, yeah, but this is the gospel according to, in my book, I have a King James St. Luke. It says St. Luke. Yeah. Mine's just an ESV. It just goes with the classic Luke. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Luke, uh, which I, I I'm guessing is short for Luke. What I mean, Lucas, or was it just Luke at that time? Well, at this point, this is also English, so you know. Yeah, who knows? Know. Who knows? Um, but these are long chat. I'm thinking, let's go. I'm gonna go ahead and read them. Let's go ahead and what, do some. Let's go ahead and read. You're gonna read one and two? Yeah, why not? People people like uh, to be read to because everyone's babies now. Well, and honestly, too, this is a, a pretty wild um, beginning chapter. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that happens here that I w- w- was having trouble figuring out what it had to do with anything. So it might help to go back over it because I was uh, like the people they're talking about here. I was like, so wait, how are they connected to this? um but let's let's go ahead and get in i'll just we'll read straight through and then and then we'll get into it okay let's do it so i got a epistle apostle epistle apostle hey if you if you need a popcorn (laughs) (laughs) don't pick me all right i hate popcorn i hate popcorn i'd be like if i gotta read in front of people oh especially if you're reading huck finn and it's like man i gotta say the n-word now i gotta (laughs) Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, it's coming up. Yeah, you see, you see it, and you're like, I got the N word. <laughs> like, looking at who all's ahead of you. <laughs> like, I think I'm gonna get it. I think I'm gonna get this the chapter yeah. with the N word. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, no N words um in the bible um, though yeah we're not i mean their inwards are welcome you know on this show and to listen to it but the, there's no inwards in the bible right there's, well they the actually word, they might be in the bible but there's no they're, yeah they're not called well, that in the bible there's, the word yeah, itself, that word hadn't that word hadn't been invented and been invented yet yeah 
So because there was no white man yet to invent it. This is true. And so all the great all the greatest inventions were thought of by white men, such as the N-word itself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> the gospel. <laughs> oh, man, take it away. The gospel, according to St. Luke. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth and order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And am sent to speak unto thee, and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. 
And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary... The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out loud, she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath shewed me, shewed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shewed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, 
but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his shoeing unto Israel. Chapter two. Wait, you want to pause there? For a <laughs> yeah, you want to pause? <laughs> yeah, let me just pause a little bit. <laughs> yeah, meaty. <laughs> we, we've never gone that far. We, we were like a verse at a time kind of guys, you know? Yeah, I feel... I, I figure for this one, let's let's give it a little chutzpah. Yeah, we may as well, because that's (laughs) a lot going on. Yeah, so this is just all about John the Baptist, really. Is that who this is? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was like, I was getting so lost reading this. I was like, I don't know who Zacharias is. I don't know who Elizabeth is. What's the point of naming the kid Zacharias if you're going to call him John? Why give your baby a nickname? Yeah, and then you're like, and then you're like, when does he become Jesus? I don't know when. That, yeah, who, who, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, what is going on? Christian Seinfeld. Who are these people? Who are all these people? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy um, that this happens at the same time, and really, it's also kind of difficult to start wrapping your head around the the significance of John the Baptist without going further into the gospel, because yeah, you know he appears the one later that baptizes Jesus. Yes, he baptized them and really prophesied um, before people, too, about Jesus' coming, which is what he, the angel of the Lord says to Zechariah. It says that he's going to, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, man, I don't know. He, I guess I... Many, he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. He will go before him to turn their hearts and people to make ready for 
the Lord, a people prepared. So he was going out there to prepare people like for the coming of Jesus as well. And then he baptized them. Right. So it is weird. So it is odd that this super, just like current day prophet also was there backing them. But they're also cousins. Jesus and John? Yeah. Does it, wait, where does it say, wait, is right. it, does it say Elizabeth and Mary are related? I, I thought so. Let me see. Um, also, your relative says your relative Elizabeth. Okay. Down in 36. 36. And behold, thy co- oh, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Dude, this is, I mean, but by the way, the, the fact that, like, people at this time were having children in old age, like, completely dismantles all of these, like, current manosphere arguments about, like, how women age and when is a woman in her prime and when does she hit the wall when she's busted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? Like, all these guys online who are like, if she's 35 and ain't got kids yet, the egg's dried up. Is is over. She get, you know what I mean. Sure. It's like in the Bible, people were like constantly just having kids well into the old age. Yeah, it is kind of wild. Now, we're, but we're to believe. I think someone was talking about how Mary is actually like a super young girl. Mary's young, I've but it says here. Before. It says here Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth's old. Elizabeth's old, and that was that was not uncommon at that time for like a woman to be old and be cranking out like her sixth or seventh kid. Well, it depends how old, because they're both acting like this is kind of crazy. I mean, Zachariah says it. Well, I'm an old man. She's advancing years. And then even Elizabeth kind of is like, uh, like, I going to do this. I'm pretty old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing, because nowadays, you know, all these guys are like, no, it's a if she's in her mid 30s, it's a geriatric pregnancy. You can have a down syndrome. Oh, sure. No, I think we're supposed to believe they're older than that. Yeah. Like, I think and they here, got gray hair. Yeah, here they're old. They're really old. They're elders, and they gave birth to John the Baptist, who I'm pretty sure did not have Down syndrome. So I don't know where this idea of like a geriatric pregnancy <laughs> or any of that comes from. If if in Bible times you could be a hundred and give birth to you know one of the twelve apostles, yeah. Well, with God's help, though, that's that's what it's trying to say. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's all it's also divine, you know, divine intervention, God's grace. God also like weirdly like cursed Zach. I don't understand like what the uh play is here where it's like, oh, you don't believe me? Well, how how about the how about I sew your mouth shut until oh, you yeah. until you inseminate your wife and she gives birth to a baby? Yeah, that's crazy. He was just like silent for the whole pregnancy yeah they just had to have they had to have quiet sex because <laughs> his mouth he can't he can't speak his mouth is sewn shut yeah so he's just writing things down constantly he's like this is really annoying yeah he's having sex with his wife and he's got a scroll and he's just like oh god oh god yeah. <laughs> stop 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 yeah baseball baseball <laughs> yeah baseball <laughs> Whatever that yeah. means, I, that, you know, that's an old school way of, you know, retain, you know, slowing down, thinking about yeah. baseball. Yeah. Now I got to worry about that anymore. No, you don't have to worry about that now because like we're all on SSRIs now. So it's like we can't, you know, we can't even perform. We can't even finish. 
within like a reasonable time anyway yeah, yeah i'm 35 that's my timing's kind of like perfect you see what i mean you see what i mean james people talk like that now they're like oh i'm in my 30s i'm getting older my penis doesn't work like it used to i can't perform as well as i could you're in your 30s yeah these people in the bible they're like they're like 80 years old yeah it's it's like a miracle it's not a no this happened all the here's the it's seed oils it's it's medication it's pharmaceutical like people are aging weird now people Mm. are aging like really weird because like it used to be that your 20s were just a you're basically still a child all throughout your 20s and then your 30s is where you finally like why like figure it out and you're an adult Mm -hmm. and you're in your you're virile and it's it's time to it's time to perform you know what i mean i remember my dad busy yeah my dad when my dad was in his mid to late 30s he was drinking like 30 budweiser heavies every night and doing pull-ups a lot and doing like obstacle courses and and he was he was a maniac he went to afghanistan in his 40s jeez it's like now there's people in their like in their early 30s who are like, oh my back hurts, my knees crack, you know, I can't uh my penis can't get hard anymore, I can't become erect. And it's like, you know, what's going on there? What's happening? Because you read this story, we're talking we're talking about two senior citizens who who are bump who are bumping uglies and giving birth to John yeah. the Baptist. And you're telling yeah. me you're you're talking about being 35 and you, you you know you have to have an early bedtime and take your vitamins. <laughs> no, that's not the way things should be. Okay, we've strayed too far from the path. Yeah, it's time to get back with, with God. You can be having sex well into your 90s, perhaps. I refuse to be old in my 30s. I refuse to have that mindset. All things are possible through God. <laughs> Who's telling you you're old? No one. It's just people talk like that now. Oh. Like mil- the millennial generation, my like our generation, hits their thirties and act like they're old, old people. Mm. They talk. I, it's been that for years. It's been like I've, I've known people, like in their early mid late thirties, who talk like they're old men. And I'm like, when my dad was that age, he was literally going to war. Hmm, yeah. He was on a plane to Afghanistan. Not even that age. He it was in his 40s when he did that. When he was in his 30s, he worked in a prison and every morning was on the obstacle course doing pull-ups and swinging from the monkey bars and, and doing like PT drills. And it's like this is crazy yeah. how people are now. Well, you ain't gotta worry about that. Let's let's dive let's dive back into the text. <laughs> My point being, yeah, that through God. You can have you can have sex with a seven year old woman and get and have a baby. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Man, I don't know why you'd want to start having a baby at seventy. It sounds actually kind of awful. No, yeah, the baby's gonna I, be an orphan real quick. I mean, like I know, I know, like Elizabeth is like, thank you for saving me from reproach from my people who are like gonna be happy for her now, but at the same time, she's probably also like, man, I'm like. This is gonna really wear me out. I'm 75. <laughs> yeah, an infant. But really, they have like the same sleep schedule, so it probably wouldn't be that bad. Like, you know what I mean? She's probably taking the same amount of naps. Maybe. I did they have naps at this time? I don't. You know, I don't know. Sure, of course. You don't think babies took naps? I don't know. Back in Bible times, I've I was was any did anybody have uh 
the 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 lifestyle that would afford them naps. You know, baby, baby's got a nap. <laughs> baby's got a nap. God, imagine being seventy and trying to breastfeed a baby. <laughs> Actually, it might be better. It might be better than Perky. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, because you can really squeeze out the milk properly. You could really get after not no. It doesn't have that Perky resistance. Oh, you think it'd be like one of them big bags of frosting? Yeah, yeah, a bag of frosting, like a Franzia wine bag. <laughs> yeah, a bag know? of Franzia. Yeah. That's gonna come right out. Yeah, it's gonna come right. It's gonna be gushing out. In fact, probably all heavy, heavy yeah. milkers. <laughs> Speaking of eight maids of milking, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Zach, yeah, Zacharias, he can't. He's dumb. He's rendered yeah. dumb by the Lord because he doesn't believe that they're going to give birth to this kid. And so then they finally do give birth and he, he's able to rip his mouth open like the at the end of the zombie at the end of Hocus Pocus. Uh, and he spake as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins." Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his shoeing unto Israel. You know, that's a pretty powerful thing. That's a pretty good thing to say after like months and months yeah. of not talking. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He prophesied, which is crazy. I mean, his tongue was loosened. Yeah, this is all prophecy. He'd like been a... thinking. He'd been thinking the entire time. He was just muted. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. My, my man, when they say dumb, they mean like you just can't speak. That's what they used to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so yeah. like, think about it. He's just thinking for months about how God is the best. I got to tell everybody what's about to happen. Like, y'all, he just came here. He visited it. Like, you know, he's jacked. He's jacked up. Yeah. He, was, he was full of that Holy Spirit, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So this is this is all prophecy. So like whatever the angel and the Holy Spirit and all that is like giving them these um however this prophecy is, is being presented to them that this yeah. kid, well, Zachari Zacharias, but actually John. Yes. Is to go and, and tell people, you know, yo, something's coming that yeah, will lead, lead us out of darkness. Yes, so a savior. I mean, even he says that uh, Zachari Zacharias's prophecy, uh, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. Like, just like he, and so it's interesting. So he already knows it's going to be the savior that John the Baptist, his son, is going to go tell people about is the yeah. coming savior and then what's cool though too if, if people are following the genesis uh podcast uh this is our obviously bonus christmas episode but in verse 73 
of chapter one says he remembered his holy covenant and the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. And it's cool because if you're following the Genesis podcast, we're going to be, we're coming up on Abraham, like in a, just a few chapters, uh, which is amazing to think about. I mean, you're like such a thick way through the Bible and it's finally like coming full circle in a way, like in the New Testament, this interesting promise that we're getting to with Abraham. So yeah, it's all the way back in Genesis and they're still talking about it. So crazy how much happens in Genesis. Yeah, a lot happens in Genesis. Yeah, for so sure. much. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the beginning of the yeah the 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 Messiah prophecy. The Messiah's coming. This is you mm-hmm. know this is this is Dune. I mean, this is Dune. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's are you ready? Have you, you seen ready? Dune? Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> Dude, yeah, this is the Muad the Muad'Dib is coming. Oh yeah, they're, they're coming. All right. You mean Dune, which is pretty much Star Wars? Oh, wait, wait, I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get into this. I'm not trying to hold on. No, let's keep, get into it, bro. Can't start, can't start a Dune podcast. We got we to gotta get to chapter two. No, well, this this is definitely, this plays into Dune because, oh, man, you can get me going, brother. <laughs> yeah, you can get me going. I know you. Well, because in Dune, <laughs> in Dune, well, what, it, what, it, what happens with the world, like all the religions, is they kind of get like mishmashed at that point. Mm-hmm. like in the in at that point in history like how many thousands of years it is into our future there's there's sort of this like hodgepodge of religions so the religion still exists uh but they're they they're definitely like different than what they look like now and and so like christianity has has managed to hold on there's still like a version of christianity uh but then on arrakis there's this like sort of like variant of like sort of, I guess like Islam slash Judaism where it's like not necessarily those religions but it's like based on those but it's it's its own thing and they have their own like messiah prophecy which is that the, the, some white boy's going to show up and that's the messiah that's the Muad'Dib the Lisa Al-Gabe and he'll be the, the one that leads us to salvation and yeah. so like that you know the whole story is kind of based around like what you see here yeah uh but with you know with a twist that uh paul the muadib is, is in becoming the messiah is only going to cause like so many more problems well yeah. i mean you're really talking to i mean a ton of a ton of works of art that have that have that have this storyline i mean that's it's there's a reason why they call the gospel of jesus the greatest story ever told because it truly is. And even in a literary sense, you can't beat a story with this kind of, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it over or, you know, archetype or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's a hero's journey and it's, it's like the Messiah archetype. Yeah. And so it's all that great stuff, you know, so it's been copied. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Again, Star Wars, maybe in ways, uh, Harry Potter, you know. Yeah, um, this this one figure who who takes on like the weight of the world comes and, from nothing. Yeah, and it takes on like everybody's problems onto themselves to, you know, save the day to to lead a certain group or who whomever to salvation. Yeah, and, and effectively like either either martyr themselves or experience like extreme strife and turmoil and struggling for the betterment of everyone yeah sacrifice i mean in the ultimate sacrifice i mean people still love those stories so 
Yeah, yeah, and, and what, what makes Dune interesting is it's written from the perspective of a guy who's like, when, you know, Frank Herbert writing it, acknowledging the the amount of blood that has been spilled in the name of different messiahs. The way the way these these things can get warped and people go on these like crusades or in in that book jihads. And in the name of their Messiah, commit like atrocities. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I mean, we, we you know, we've yeah. seen it with crusades. Every, yeah, with every religion. That's 11, sure. Yeah, with the, even this one, which, which goes against the teachings of Christ for sure, but it happens nonetheless. So, like, in, you know, what you see in Dune is that you have this Messiah character who, like, with Jesus, Jesus sees that, sees the prophecy of himself where it's like this is gonna this is gonna suck for me but this is how the salvation of everyone but there's no mention of like what happens after that where it's like oh and then in my name people are gonna commit like horrible acts against each other and just like completely bastardize what it is i've done in my message you know Mm. and so dune takes it like to its like furthest extent where paul seeing his prophecies like i'm going to become the messiah for these people and then we're going to go and and then there'll be a jihad and it's going to be it's going to be so much worse than anything that's ever happened but there's like much like christ like there's nothing i can do to stop this like i just have to fulfill this role but this this is going to this is going to cause like suffering like the universe has never seen and that's you know that's what we see in Dune with the, that that it sort of takes the Messiah story to its like furthest extent that if you have this one figurehead, sort of like the danger of heroes, where it's like the, the, there's a line in the book where it's like the worst thing that could befall a people is the arrival of a hero. You know, well, and to jump ahead into Revelations, I mean the the Antichrist is going to come saying that he's the hero, and everybody thinks that he will be. That's right. what Revelation talks about. And that's when apparently that's when it is gonna be time to pay the piper according to Revelation. Yeah, but that that's a bit different uh than that. Like we, you know, what the argument that that book is making is that the the hero itself, like the, the actual prophecy, yeah, that like is it, the, that that can only lead to just like insane things happening. That if you if you have just like this one person that's going to like lead the charge for a group of people and, and become like this figurehead, then, you know, that always leads to, you know, suffering and bloodshed and war mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Um, So, you know, anyway, we, yeah, we've definitely seen that with the way people become like will, will be Christians, but just have hate in their heart and in the name of Christ commit, horrible acts and, and, and warp his message to to justify mm. their own prejudices and biases and, and, and hatred toward the other mm. you know and that was that was never his message he couldn't have seen that coming no i mean the epistles and the epistles uh, i forget which one it is i think it's one of the timothys uh, i mean paul gives a pretty stern warning about mishandling uh, or misrepresenting like the name of God, like he's right. talking specific, specifically to like deacons and pastors and um, 
he's just like i think some like the punishments like will, will be worse for you or, like if you you know by yeah mishandling it you know or or again like misrepresenting you know like Catholic priest, little boy stuff. I mean, that's not going to go well for them, that so to not, speak. That's not good. That's not even with the, with the big, big man, you know. But you know, behind the name of it's crazy that, that he's even saying that that's going to be worse. But because it is, everybody instinctually knows it's worse. It's worse yeah. to act like you're when you're a, a sheep, but you're a wolf inside. You know, wolf sheep's, in sheep's wolf clothing. Wolf. Yeah. So you know, you and I, I, I think, you and I, Jamie, we're the sheep dogs. You yeah, know, we, you got to be. We protect the flock. Well, the, the gospels are so interesting. I mean, we're we just literally got into his cousin's parents' pregnancy, <laughs> and we haven't even scratched the surface of Jesus's actual ministry. I mean, they are pretty incredible things to think about. I mean, because there's another part, and when it says like uh, violent men lay hold of the kingdom of heaven, it's like, what does that mean? Like, you know know violent people like you said we're sheep dogs i mean jesus is no wimp you know because he's often painted like that but i mean he was challenging these religious leaders right to their face so he didn't he didn't mind like you know whatever and i mean he took his obviously his he took the uh all the torture like a champ yeah 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 he didn't, he didn't whine too much about it you know, he tried to get out of it, and and God was like, "Nah, yeah, nah, son." Yeah, he was like, he was, he was begging and crying about it. And he was, yeah, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt so much. And God was yeah. like, "Yeah, you know, it is what it is." Yeah, he's like, he's gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah, I saw gotta the movie. great movie, Passion great of the movie. Christ. Oh, great movie, great movie. Mel Gibson. Yeah so uh should we get chapter into two? two chapter two the birth of the big man the birth of the yeah the you know the old jc old jc so yeah chapter two and you're right this is a weird starting place uh as far as like without the backstory yeah yeah, yeah i figure we do both chapter two and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. 
ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, so, go ahead. I want... <laughs> I was going to have a, I had a footnote about the, the part in the law uh, about the sacrifice and a pair of turtle doves or turtle doves and <laughs> turtle doves and uh, young pigeons. Uh, I've got a little footnote on the very bottom that has a Leviticus 12, eight uh, reference point. So I'm assuming that's in the law of Moses where they talk about for the firstborn child, you have to sacrifice two turtle doves. So we see that they're still practicing very strict uh, laws, Hebrew laws given very long time ago yeah yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting yeah it's in the song too uh two turtle yeah doves, two, uh, we also get a little bit of yeah a little christmas <laughs> song action yeah that's, i think that's where it comes from well you know what else I, I i i saw another christmas song um back in chapter one verse 66 um, all, all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying what then will this child be that's uh that song what child is this yeah what child is this yeah that's also green sleeves yeah green sleeves exactly green I, I, sleeves was all my joy green yes <laughs> yeah well i'm wondering if i didn't realize like that song has been about john the baptist the whole time right anyway that's interesting. John, john the baptist gets a song that's true you know what it's a good point the song yeah. is about john the baptist so what child is this do you do you know who child this is who who child this is who white who white baby this is who who left the who left this child <laughs> thanks dalton thanks you're for bringing welcome. that out of me you're welcome <laughs> thanks for bringing that out of me. <laughs> i like that uh listen another part that i thought was interesting was whenever he says when the angel is talking and he says, you know, I bring you tidings of great joy into you this day and the savior is born unto you. And he right. said, where is it? 
What? Dang it, I missed it. It says, oh yeah, I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all the people. And I think it's an interesting like uh, separation from what they've been talking about. Like uh, their people, their people, you know, because they're like talking about, oh, look, he spoke these, Zechariah's happy because he's like, oh, you know, he made this promise to our fathers and swore that that we would be delivered from our enemies, you know, talking about this, the savior. So they're, I still think that they're thinking about like, um, like Zechariah's thinking about it, like, oh, we're going to be on top, like instead of the Romans, you know? So when the angel comes to the shepherds, he says, great news and joy that will be for all the people. So like basically almost like defining, like this isn't going to be like just for the Hebrews, the Jews, I mean, this is what's so crazy about like what Jesus is is about, like in his essence, like it's completely being like, Hey, this is for the whole world, mm-hmm. you know, not like a race, you know, because up in this point, it's been about the Hebrew people. Yeah. And this, yeah. And, the, and Jesus is for everybody. Yeah. So like, I think there, because, you know, Zachariah's prophecy, he's like, he he'll save us from our enemies. He come he because he might be think he's prophesying. He doesn't know what the enemies look like, but you know, really, it's the enemies of you know, I guess, herself and sin. Like, which is kind of crazy to think about. There's just so much bigger than they could really imagine if what all this is, is true. You know. Yeah. Well, then nothing like this has ever happened before. Like their lives. If you if you were Jewish at the time, I don't know what the Romans were. I don't know what they believed in. But the Jews had like these very strict set of laws and, and like just the way they had to live their life to achieve some, I don't know, to, yeah, to be, very to be cat, yeah, to, to, to achieve like the favor of God. And th- this is like a whole new thing. This is like, all right, you know, don't even, don't even trip on that no more. Yeah. This is, this is the salvation for all. You know, yeah, exactly. This will be the last time anyone has to kill two turtle doves. Yeah, exactly. For a baby. No one needs it. You don't got to sacrifice no more. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to do this circumcision no more if you don't want to. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, let's, let's keep going. This is good. <laughs> From verse 25, <clears throat> And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, This child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 
and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Thanuel, of the tribe of Acer. She was of a great age and had lived with Anne's husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. Dang, so that's like little what, that's teenage Jesus. Years old. I'm just a teenage Jesus, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his new he's got his books. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, teenage yeah. Jesus sounds like a nerd. Dude, he was a uh that didn't get a lot of ladies. No. Yeah. This is probably I mean, this I think this is probably the last time you read about jesus before he's an adult like he's 12 here and yeah and i think it just jumped like the next chapter i think jumps to him as an adult so this is like what they're seeing here is that there, there's something up with this kid yeah. he's sitting there with doctors you know stroking his chin all mm -hmm. smart understanding things yeah so the, the parents can see that you know it may not have just been hokum you know, it may not yeah. have just been some fever dream that, the, that these angels came and visited them and said, you know, you're going to give birth to the son of God. Um, Am I to understand in, in these verses that that this is like a home alone situation that they looked around, they, they were traveling and were like, by the way, where's Jesus? Yeah. Like, oh, we left him in Jerusalem. Yeah, I always thought that was weird, too, because it's like, how would you not know your kid's not with you? However, I've heard people talking about that these these journeys to Jerusalem for the Passover. I mean, the yeah. Passover, that's a big thing that all the Jews would recognize because it's part of like their rituals and traditions. 
So it was probably like a big convoy all going together. And perhaps in a convoy, they could have thought that maybe some he was with a different family that they knew hanging out, but then they realized maybe, I guess he either ran off or he wasn't, he never was on yeah. or something. So I don't know, but it is still strange. You would think yeah, you know where the son of God is. Yeah, it's odd that they would not keep an eye on him. I mean, but you know. He's 12. He's par- running around. Parenting is so, it was so different in our generation now like parents really keep a watchful eye on their kids maybe you know back then it might have been a little more gen x you know he's a latchkey kid well yeah this is because like there it is an odd thing because they're trying to like show how jesus was still perfect and without sinning because he did submit to his he submitted to them and went with them when they got mad but it's like all right well it was him running off or staying behind i mean he knew that he would worry his parents so yeah. it's like in a weird way he's kind of pulling the god card here a little bit like hey well for one you shouldn't worry you know yeah yeah he's 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 just a weird powerful kid and he's like shh shh, shh. Yeah, don't, don't even, worry about it don't worry about it i'm with i'm with god what do you think i'm doing man yeah i'm here to save you know, you know my mom my mom would lay into me if i ever said to her <laughs> don't hey don't don't worry about it She'd be like, what was it? What'd you just say? <laughs> I will worry about it. Yeah, that had to be weird the whole time. And the being like, parents of God, just like, he's like, no, nah, I think I'm going to go to bed. I mean, he probably, he must have been a really easy child, you know? Probably like never complained about eating his greens, went to bed on time, brushed his teeth. Yeah, probably. You think they had toothbrushes back then? They probably clean their teeth somehow. There's ancient ways of cleaning yeah, teeth, like horse hair. Maybe <laughs> could have been just like some crap. You like could be like leaves or something. You just like do something weird, some sort of weird. I've method. seen that on TikTok, like African guys that just chew on different leaves, and they're like, "I do not brush my teeth. Mm. I chew the leaf." So maybe it's like that. Something like that. Kind of pushes things around. Um. But yeah, I you know I I I don't know if we've seen anything like this adapted before. This version of Jesus is like a precocious boy. Well, it's funny because it's the only story about Jesus that's not his birth or when he starts his ministry in his thirties. So it's like it is crazy. This is the only story in all the Gospels of him in this age you don't hear about him in his childhood really or anywhere else in his teens or his 20s by the way that should be inspiring for all the millennials out there that jesus didn't even start until his 30s yeah exactly you know what i mean he was well, he, he also was, died in his 30s so he did die in his 30s yes very quickly actually into his ministry yeah look at it as a whole <laughs> there were there were a, there were a few holes there's a lot there was a, <laughs> I think there was probably like what five altogether, two hands, two feet, and the one in his side. Yeah, the one they're poking him. But also, I don't know. I mean, what do you just consider a hole? I mean, what about the little thorns poking his head? Yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of a hole. It's a hole in the skin, not through your entire limb. <laughs> but you know, good lord. Uh, well, you know what? There's not. A, there, you know where there's not a hole in our hearts. That's true. They used to tell yeah. us that they used to tell us that in church is that you know you have a god shaped hole yeah you have a, you have a void <laughs> it can only be filled with the the love of Christ 
Yeah. Um, well, which really is true though, because you know, it, which has well, you know, you're talking about the law, like all the ridiculous laws, and that's like the amazing thing about Jesus. What it, what according to the Bible, you know, according to the the prophecies, you know, because that's what the, that that one guy, I think it's Zechariah and um, uh, Zechariah Simon Simon guy, like these guys, these prophecies they're also prophesying about things that are already written. Like they're talking about previous books. I mean, some of these um, things are, or they're going back to um, prophecies from the old Testament speaking forward about Jesus, you know? Yeah. Well, and, uh, that's, I, I, I think we've talked about, I always wondered about that. Cause like they, they used to tell us that in church that there's stuff in the old Testament that directly references Jesus and mm-hmm. that's dubious, I think. I don't know if there's anything in the Old Testament that makes any sort of like direct reference to Christ. Let me let me try to see if I can't find it because I can't remember if I can remember even the name or the uh, where it is at. Because what's that one story like Meshach, Shagrach, and Abednego or whatever, where it's like. I remember in church they were telling like some story where they they see Jesus in a fire or something, and this is like years and years before he was even thought of. Yeah, um, but there's a lot. I mean, it depends how you look at uh, prophecy, though. It's just true, and that's why it is. But the people that believed in all of these things, they were seeing it come true before their eyes. It could be like a specifically retroactive thing where it's like. The, the, you, you know how like tv shows and, and books and stuff will do that where as a, as a new idea happens they'll, they'll like retroactively mm-hmm. they'll, like they'll, they'll create it and write it in a way that even though they had just thought of it that you can go back and see the foreshadowing yeah. even though that was never like part of the, the like roadmap for the story it's, it's just like a retrofitting for this thing this is true and so you would think like uh what what would be the thing that would really make me believe like okay that that is that looks like a pretty sure prophecy you know you got to think about that with your own your own mind like what would be good enough for you you know because because you're talking about skeptic yeah you're talking about the same god you know i know god is infallible and his divine plan and all that but you know, looking at it, if if we are to uh, take off our um, uh, fundamentalist caps, sure, sure, and and put on our our skeptic um, beanies, our mm-hmm. skeptic our skeptic stockings, um, you're and look at this literally literarily as a literature, mm-hmm. God as a character. You're talking about a God, the the same God who on like a whim will create the universe. And then destroy everything, and then mm-hmm. yeah. destroy city. Like he, he's all over the place throughout the Old Testament. He's constantly mm-hmm. he's uh, he's mad. He's happy, you know. He's happy yeah. with people. He's just like con- back and forth, very temperamental. Mm-hmm. And then something changes here where now he's softened up, and, and on another whim is like, okay, well, you know what? I'm done being mad at everybody uh the laws as written you know even if even if i were to like 
I understand human nature enough that to to get people on board with like changing everything in such a drastic way, there has to be this uh, big sacrifice. There ha- there has to be some like par- like dynamic shift that happens. This this big grand epic story that would be you know the son of God being sent down and and, and uh, martyred, you know. Yeah. So it's it's but you know you know what I mean. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean if you're well, I mean if you're being skeptical, I mean you can start anywhere. You can open up just any page in the Bible if you want to start getting skeptical. We're usually left with more questions than we are answers every time. I mean, especially going back on our Genesis series, you know, that's what's so crazy about that one. I mean, we you know we read a, a paragraph that's like this short, and we're both like, well, I don't know what about fifty things mean now, you know. Yeah. So it's also like, you know, if you, it's like, where do you want to pick your skeptic thing about, you know? Because I don't yeah. know. Because to counter that, I mean, God's outside of time. We only see things as, oh, he used to be like this and now he's like this. But if God's outside of time and had a plan, then it's like he knew why he was doing what he was doing before Jesus and knowing what the future holds for our time looking back on all this so you know i don't know yeah but that i I would argue that that perception of god that you're talking about like that we're taught is like by our own design like reading the bible and, and coming up with our own like ideas for god yeah I think that perception of, of this like interdimensional supernatural otherworldly being that like exists outside of all time it is something we came up with to to I guess like make sense of what God is to to, yeah, to put it probably like to, to put it on the, it to put it on the outer limits of thought so we don't get like too hung up on what this is and mm-hmm. say we'll just never be able to understand it you know wittgenstein talks about this well you can't understand it you know if, if you ever read the the tractatus logico philosophicus by wittgenstein he talks about like what are the what are the limits of human thought and what it what exists outside of that and so the 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 limit of our thought is always expanding and mm-hmm. growing and evolving but there's always going to be that which exists outside the limits of thought and those things would be god and death and so on and so forth those are just always going to exist outside of our perception of reality and so those are the things that we can't get too hung up on because to to try and understand them in any tangible way you you'll just end up running like in circles in your mind and you're Mm going to get nowhere trying to conceptualize these things yeah and i agree with that however oh sure no go ahead well, I was just going to say, I think that's why, like, a lot of times it's even looked at, like, like, like literature, like, especially in the poetic ways when they're talking about, like, your wing covers us, you know, and obviously, like, if you people usually look at God, like, as an old man, not someone that has a wing, but all these things are more so, I think, yeah, metaphorical, how maybe, you know, he is to us, so we have something to think about it with, you know, but this says he made us and made man in God's image, but you know, what image? Not that he has, yeah, 10 fingers and 10 toes. You know, I don't think it's like in that way that God made us in his image. So, 
you know but yeah i i think you're right is what i'm saying i right. think getting off on the details of what god looks like or how he can exist is difficult to understand so yeah we have to put it in like human ways whatever we can figure out in that way you know right yeah but even then uh, you know because like all of this is the whole book the whole bible is uh from the perspective of many different people who were there experiencing this and writing about it or te- like mm-hmm. or orating these experiences to other people and it's transcribed and translated over many many years so it's all coming from a, like a human experience and so uh i think the the way we conceptualize god now uh that makes it easy for us is to say you know it's this completely unfathomable otherworldly divine uh entity that we just can't you know possibly imagine what what, what yeah. he is but reading about him in the bible from a literary perspective from a narr- like a narrative standpoint this god has a, a lot in common with other gods that you read about in, in other texts you know like mm-hmm. you, you know the gods of, of olympus you know for yeah, a little, example little, bi- or, a little bipolar sometimes yeah like like zoo you know i, I the the god the gods that you read about in other mythologies not that this is a mythology you know this is real to some <laughs> but the gods that you read about in other mythologies have very very like human characteristics like zeus sure. zeus is mad all the time he's a philanderer mm-hmm. he, he he is like a, a despot like he's a terror unto the the people of greece like he's not a he's not a chill guy at all um and he, he's kind of like an, an antagonist in a lot of those stories uh, and the same can be said about Thor and Odin and, and any of these like other mythologies. Um, and so I, I think like to to look at the to look at scripture in that way, to look at God as he's written in these books, he has a lot in common with those characters. He's an angry, mm-hmm. vengeful, jealous character mm-hmm. who is like, yeah, I mean, he created everything, but then he's also causing like immense suffering for people. And creating like very strange, arbitrary rules by which people have to like follow to war, like effectively worship him. He's like, I'm going to be the only god you're allowed to worship. No false, nothing else but me. And all also, here's what I expect from you in order to accurately worship me. And it's like the all these like laws and rules you know that make up the you know the laws of moses and judaism where it's like well, not and then, just and then you know what yeah you know <laughs> that's what's crazy and and what is not fulfilling all those laws not right. fulfilling all the laws is is sin so right so you you can't do them all right yeah, you you can only you can only like reach for perfection and glory in the eyes of God, but you're always going to come up short. You're always going to come up short. Yeah, exactly. You'll you'll never be able to do it. Yeah, and, and so with, with this, with the New Testament, with the New Testament and the in the birth of Christ, which which did did happen on December twenty fifth, 
<laughs> in uh israel israel or palestine that's another fun by the way that's another funny thing that's happening right now with all the this israel and palestine stuff right now is you're seeing all these people who for the last like de- like two decades have been staunchly atheist and have given no credence to anyone who believes in scripture or jesus or any of this stuff it, but like all these people now who are, are taking a side in this and and, and the trendy political leftist types are now making the argument they're saying it to is um one, one of the points they're trying to make to em, embolden their stance regarding israel and palestine is that jesus christ was born in palestine and like sure i guess but also i thought you hated this like i I thought you didn't believe in this stuff and you thought it was all just like hocus pocus mm-hmm. and, and you wagged your finger at anyone that did believe in it at least this religion you know muslims and jews and all there to be celebrated all right maybe maybe not now jews not now i guess the tide is turning but it's like there's no consistency with these people because it's, it's like for for the past several years You've condemned uh, any sort of belief system that anyone has in this way. But now that it's convenient for you, oh, yeah, G- actually, Jesus was born in Palestine. So, you know, you should be pro-Palestine for that reason. It's like, well, I'm, you know, I don't need that to be the case for me to have empathy for the people of Gaza. But I guess it is good to know. <laughs> I don't you right. know. Something yeah. that frustrated me. Fair weather fans hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? We've been Cowboys fans for life. Same with Jesus. No, I don't know. He's got a parable that's not about that's actually opposed to that. It's never too late. It's never too late, no. But I also don't think that they really care about uh, Jesus sure, maybe or, not. or any of this stuff. I think it's a convenient arguing point for them. Uh I was going to uh I found that verse I was looking for. The, uh, the prophecy about Jesus in the Old Testament. I forgot when they say how long ago before his death this was. I wanted to say that they said it's about 400 years before his birth, maybe. Um, that's going back to this, jumping in the old knowledge. This was a, this is out of Isaiah chapter 53. Excuse me. Um, Isaiah, just give us some backstory here. Isaiah got a vision from the Lord and has been sent from God himself on a, uh, like on a, on a mission on, on to, you know, and, and which is to prophesy. Um, I'm not sure if it's to the house of Israel or like to like if a bunch of people or whatever, but anyway, he's been prophesying for a long time. And then you get into chapter 53. Um, and really, you, you can just skip it. We don't got to read the whole chapter, obviously. Yeah, what's the what's the verse? It's four. So verse four. Yeah, take four and go to. Uh, um, geez, I guess. Um, go to the very end. Go from four to twelve. Okay. Through the end of the Isaiah chapter, chapter three, chapter fifty, Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse four. Surely. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. 
but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the, iniqu the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Well, that sounds a lot like Jesus, and to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch, dude. It's crazy. But yeah. what's amazing about that, I mean, there's just so many parts of this, which is crazy. You know, like, especially that last that last little verse and makes intercession for the transgressors. That's very interesting because they call Jesus the high priest. And in the law of Moses, the, the priests would intercede for you, the sinner to God. So like when you had to make a sacrifice for God, the priest would do it because he was the only one that was able to like be recognized by God. So it, when Jesus is called the high priest, and in this prophecy, Isaiah is saying, he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. So it's only you're trying, it's already basically telling you this guy is a priest by that little verse right there. And the fact that he would be able to be in the sight of the Lord if like back in verse nine, he says, and although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. So it's like, it's a good person. Some really bad's happening to, and apparently it's going to save us. Yeah. This is, this is a lot like Dune. Again, because uh, the, the Muad'i Paul uh, can see into the future, but his visions are splintered. Mm. So he can see every conceivable uh, like variable and uh, possible future. So it's so the, sort of, so the creator of Dune knows his Bible pretty yes. well. Yes. So it's sort of, <laughs> sort of like the, the idea of like the, the fogginess of prophecy mm. where in this chapter what we just read is like isaiah can can sort of pick up on something that's going to be happening mm. but it's very murky yeah it's, yeah it's a possible future but there's no like concrete details or specifics or even like any idea of what this is going to be or what's yeah, happening. He's just spouting out like whatever he's seeing or thinks and you know yeah it's kind of that's what i've heard people say about like john or yeah and john or in revelation it's actually John writing, but um, not John the Baptist, obviously, but uh, from the Gospel of John. Um, he's writing Revelation in prison, 
mm-hmm. and who knows like how delirious he is but he's like talking about all these crazy like things and visions that don't even make sense like seven-headed beast and but we don't even understand if he actually means that he could just be seeing something that looks crazy and best he can describe it as that's like by the way that could be something. that could just be psychosis because i've been there yeah it could be psychosis <laughs> and not eating for a while i mean if he was if he hadn't slept and or eaten in prison for like days he might be yeah a little cuckoo it's 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 a fine line between prophecy and psychosis because yeah. i i <laughs> i've been in that headspace where i'm like i think i'm getting messages from god yeah, yeah. and i, I was, I have... I was... <laughs> sorry go ahead no it's just like i and i have to tell people what's yeah. coming <laughs> yeah see, yeah you had it way different than me because i'm i had a bad trip one time some simply a bad trip and i thought i was uh like a, I thought I was psychic, and that was horrific. <laughs> it was absolutely horrific. Yeah, I've, I've had that too. I've had that. I didn't like it one bit. People were like, "Oh, that sounds cool." Like, it was not cool. I hated it. I don't want to yeah. know. I don't want to know. You know? Yeah. No, it sucks. I mean, that sucks. But it also probably it also probably sucks to be a prophet to be like, man, I would love to sleep. Can you please stop sending me this? <laughs> yeah. Enough messages. <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. Um yeah, I, you know, I I suppose there there were prophecies uh in the Old Testament, so you know, we're not I'm not a Bible scholar, but that that what we just read definitely sounds a lot like what we're what we're reading here in Luke in the New Testament, the prophecies they're getting. Um Oh, and this is also probably why when they did compile the Bible they you know the ones that were recognized by the hebrew people obviously and then the ones that they probably also felt like lined up enough with jesus so the ones that made the christian bible were like well which of these old school books match up the most with like you said like with with what happened with jesus and his time here you know and that's how they started compiling their own bibles and putting ones together because it does get murky like well i kind of see signs of them here in this book you know yeah so it's hard to know but like but like you said too we were talking about the idea of god like i think that's another detail it's not too important to focus on too much because if you do you'll get pretty narrow-headed with like your view of god and you'll try to narrow it and bring god down into human terms yeah and it's it's like so difficult yeah it's just it's outside the the limits of yeah we we can't possibly understand god or death or you know anything like that yeah we we can't understand life we can't understand this life yeah why would we waste any time thinking about the next one like this one's already such a mystery you know (laughs) well then why waste your time with god at all well um yeah, I mean, I it's good to have a I think it's good to have a belief system and I I think, you know, to have even if here's the thing is like even if you look at this as just a story uh like my argument is like our whole lives are are stories and I like I and I mean like so much of our existence is like a a um what, 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 am I, what am I trying to say? Like so much of life is narrative, 
and, and like responding to story and being influenced by it. So we, we, we kind of exist in this like feedback with, with story itself. Cause I, I, you know, just look, look at, look at like how, what we do to like fill up our days with our stories. Yeah. We have our stories. We have like TV shows and movies and all these things we engage with that are like not real. You know, they're, yeah. they're not like real events that are happening in our own lives or that have even happened but they in, like influence us and inspire us and give us like some sort of compass by which to navigate life itself. You know, Joan Didion sure. said, Joan Didion said, we, we tell ourselves stories so that we may live. So e- even if you yeah. were to look at scripture as just a story, well, it's still valid in that regard be- mm-hmm. because like store, like stories are such a, a very like human uh, uh like survival mechanism it's like, it's like how we navigate life uh as we've like evolved and become like capable of more abstract higher thought and, and have like really taken the reins on being like the dominant species that can like runs everything yeah. but still being kind of insignificant Dude, not, have, not you, really. have you have you watched any of that or listened to any of that uh peterson biblical series I was no about. i haven't dude you will like it dude because he comes yeah. at it like again like literary and psychologically and uh it's very very fascinating and he's doing he literally starts with genesis and like i mean he's spending two hour lectures just on you know small stories yeah it's crazy yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, sto- stories are, I think, I think very important. And that's, that's, I think it's like unfortunate that people don't uh, respect storytelling that much anymore. Don't give any like real credence to it. You know, yeah. everybody's minds are so like frazzled now and no, nobody likes to read and nobody likes to engage with things in like a meaningful way now. Yeah. There's also like a lot of things just aren't that good anymore. Uh, yeah, but this there's is a lot like, of this, crap this is the greatest story ever told yeah 100 100 percent. yeah dude that was uh that was good i like to see that's what it's all about it's not about yeah. all the commercials it's about jesus dude being born in a manger yeah and, and that's the miracle of, that's the miracle of christmas i mean a christmas story it's a story we got <laughs> we got our, our a savior was born to us so we don't got to worry about following every every law that was written by Moses for them to try to keep because it's impossible. We'll never be able to. So all that sin that we'll inevitably do. Yeah. Is now passed on to a perfect sacrifice. Yeah. God praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Praise him. Praise be blessed be praise. Blessed be (laughs) (laughs) faster Dalton. But imagine, but I mean, imagine if, if in your life there was no, you had no, reference point for um salvation or serenity or uh you you know what i mean like you you had no like reference that that offered you any way to navigate through like the trials and tribulations of your life and and i think that's my belief is that the christianity you know having grown up in it this book scripture religion com- community uh the like community of a church yeah 
I think provides such an important foundation for someone to live their life. Now, you know, whether you want to like believe whole hog and, and live, be about that life, or if it's, right, if it's right. something that just get, brings you comfort, like I, whatever your relationship may be with it, it, I don't think it's something to be dismissed as, as just like, oh, this is just a story. This ain't real, whatever. Cause we've met the, the sinners and sodomites of the world and they ain't, they don't seem too happy. They don't seem like they have a lot of direction in life. And it seems like they're flailing and, and they have no, yeah. you know, the, 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 you know, they, they have no like footing. Right. You know? right. Well, and I, and I agree with you too. I think about that a lot. Cause it's like, even if you don't believe in God, and let's say you're a staunch atheist, like if you, if you do, if you follow this, your life will be better probably than being like, Oh, everything's meaningless. Because again, the principles that they are teaching are good. So it's like, and also there's a reason why this is such a powerful book. You know, I mean, it's a reason why it's been around forever and how it's been referenced forever and has been ripped off and copied and, and thought about there's reasons for it. So you can't dismiss that there are reasons for it being around. And so influential its influence is one of the biggest influence influences that we know of, of ever you know so you should like i agree like you should at least not just completely throw that idea out of the the water when you're thinking about the bible in general not even yeah. about the existence of a god just why has this done so well yeah you know yeah that's a and, crazy and, thing and, and i i think the, the like the most important like the most important thing is the the like community structure of it because it's like anybody can derive like uh, influence and inspiration and, and some sort of like um something by which to have hope and navigate their life you know there, there's so many different things you can watch or consume that will like light up something in your brain and, and give you some sort of like idea of the way forward for your own life right yeah uh, but that's a that's an individual experience that you have with that particular text, whatever it may be. Um, and then and then, uh, but what we all desire is like some sort of community. So, you know, there's definitely mm -hmm. those things exist for other things. Like you can go on the internet and hop in a Doctor Who message board, and sure, maybe you know, I, I you know, there, there you go, stand up it's, comedy, stand up com like whatever it may be. I I I think the scripture the bible the story of christ all of this i mean we have christmas even this is the christmas spectacular it's like these things are so foundational it's just this big bright shining light that's existed for so yeah. long in so many people's lives that we're all we're you know it's it's our it it's our sun you know yeah uh yeah. We're, we're all drawn we're warmed by it we're drawn to it 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 provides us some sort of light. solidarity yeah, there's a there's like a solidarity in it. It brings people together mm -hmm. uh, in a, in a very powerful way, you know. Because like, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, you could try and start a church centered around uh, Battlestar Galactica. I'm sure that exists, uh, but I right. mean, <laughs> you know, good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you can derive uh, so, something from that that enriches your own life, and, and that's what stories are for for sure 
uh but i think with this particular story and, and uh the just what it is in so many people's lives i think that like community aspect of it uh is is very important and, yeah, and to, no, to, no doubt. yeah and, and to be able to like share uh like in this the, like all these human experiences we have and that i mean that is like the sacrifice right like jesus died for our sins and, and took on like the the burden of all of us unto himself and so he he is like this uh you know this waypoint for all of us like we gather around this story and, yeah. and and can like share in this as humans and each one of us has our own whatever we've been going through uh whatever darkness we're experiencing it says it right here that he you know he's the way and the light and the path to salvation and um and so you know we we all come together and, and, and praise him and celebrate that and accept that into our hearts. Now, yeah. you know, whether you believe that he was a real guy and you want to accept this uh, wholeheartedly as like a fundamentalist literal text, that's fine. Uh, or if you just want to take it as a story, as, as metaphor and, you know, uh, accept it as a, like a literary thing that you, you can use to... You know, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, well, there's some, there's wisdom in it. Yeah, there's wisdom you know? in it. So it's like, what's the difference? Like, whether, whether there was an actual guy or not, or, or like whatever the finer details are, are irrelevant. The story as it is on the page and what it represents for all of us works if you accept right. it. You know, you know, it's, it's that sort of like, yeah, to, to, to believe something, to like have a belief system. Uh, it, like shapes reality for yourself for like for for yourself and for for all yeah, of us because you're you're setting an ideal for yourself and an ideal is always an aim higher than what you're yeah. currently at and, and so that's always so yeah how can it not good to be aiming at something higher or outside yourself i mean that's that's great yeah that's what everybody should be doing you know yeah because you know not not to you know only god can judge but like when you meet somebody who has no foundation in their life, which was me for a long time, but you know, so, somebody who's like really led astray and they're just like smoking weed all day. Yeah. They're just not playing, doing shit playing video games. Yeah. And just living day to day, not really thinking about anything and wondering like, where's my life? Going? What's going on? It, it, it's like, it would probably behoove that person to believe in something. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what better what better uh, uh thing to believe in than than uh G jesus our lord and savior jesus christ yes dude the, the birth of jesus christ <laughs> merry christmas everybody dude merry christmas dog <laughs> uh, uh yeah no I, exactly i mean he seems like it's it seems the most sensible thing to me and i was raised christian so i do have that bias but you know there's plenty of people that weren't and went over and there's also plenty of christians that went muslim and muslims that went christian so you know yeah it's like it's very different doctrines i'm not gonna say it's not but sure but i mean, uh, I mean you know think i think about jesus it. makes the most sense so like, if, i mean let's, let's get real 
Jesus makes the most sense. I mean, Jesus makes the most sense. Jesus makes the most sense. I mean, think, think we've talked about AA before. I mean, think about in terms of AA, like they tell mm-hmm. you like what you're dealing with is not insurmountable, but you cannot beat this on your own. And, and yeah. you're going to, you're going to need us, the community, but then you're also going to have to pin this on some higher power. You're going to have to like submit yourself to at least the idea that you're, you, you know, you you don't have all the answers like you don't possess the power yeah. to humble you, yourself in the sight of the lord you exactly you up yeah so you know? the, i think that's like because pe- people um condemn aa for that for that higher power thing yeah but i i you know to 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 think of it like to think of it gnostically <laughs> uh or agnot whatever the word is whatever word i'm yeah. thinking of it's it's not necessarily like uh subscribing to any religion or or taking on like a faith that you may or may not have had prior to this yeah i've heard people say like it's just the people in this room we could all push a bus over together i can't do it alone i've heard that yeah and to 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 like select to in those in that moments say like i'm powerless to this thing and i need god in my life it's it's a it's just a it's a it's a way of thinking about things a belief system and, and it just allows you to accept your own insignificance your own mortality your own powerlessness and, and to you know in 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 accepting that and, and understanding that now you, you walk with your community and you walk with this other like this higher power it it does like present you with more fortitude to uh to deal with these things and and then you know that's aa but i mean that's with anything in life is like once you Mm -hmm. once you can accept your own place in this universe as like this very like finite mortal insignificant flawed sinful creature that's going to to some degree make mistakes and you you know you who knows where you're going to wind up if you if you have that light jesus christ or whatever it may be but for us it's jesus christ because i mean let's be honest it's jesus christ um but yeah it's that's the light so as long as you have that no matter like to whatever depths of darkness you're in you see that light you just start walking towards it yeah unless you're on your deathbed don't go towards the light well now now the light's coming now the light's coming to you is you nothing you do about it then no that's true but that's i mean that's the fate for all of us i mean we're we're going to to die one day and you know who knows what happens after that but that i mean that's like like i said that's not even worth thinking about you know it's it's fun to ponder yeah. over every now and then you know to to recontextualize what life is and remind mm-hmm. ourselves to have that sort of a m- memento mori to remind ourselves like hey this ain't gonna last forever but you can't get like too stuck on it. You can't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. It just it just provides you with like the the parameters of like where life fits. Where it's like, you know, I know I know when my life began. I have no idea when it's going to end, but I'm in the middle of that right now. And in that space, you know, that's the sandbox I'm playing in. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Dang. Dang. 
Dang, dude. <laughs> Dangle. <laughs> Do you have an edible before this one? No, no. Okay. Yeah, no edible. I was it was a little too much for me last time. I was like, yeah, maybe not before the pod. Yeah, I feel like if you were high right now, I, like everything I've been saying, this would be like real scary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah, those edibles I got were strong. Um, but uh, you know, it is the sea. It is Christmas. But I mean, just, yeah, just look at how Christmas as a belief system is like this. Uh, this event brings us all together. Yeah, you holidays know? are great. Yeah, the holidays. It, well, the holidays are interesting because it's it is a time of like importance and a time of like togetherness for people. And, and it's also like buy, buy, buy. It's it, the it's commercialism also, is crazy. That there's that. It's also a time when people get like unfathomably depressed yeah. and experience like the the loneliest times in their lives. Yeah. And, and I, I, I really think, think people should watch charlie brown's christmas special every year it's the best it is good it's so great Um, it literally touches on all of this depression religion and commercialism yes yeah i need to i haven't watched it in a long time it's excellent but you know it's that yeah it, it is a time when if you can experience like real real loneliness and i think they say like this time of year the suicide rates go up and so yeah and and, you know you're not supposed to do that that's a that's a big no-no that's a sin uh for which i'm told there's no forgiveness but i you know who knows uh i don't know where that's at i don't think that's a wives tale i don't think there's anything about it i mean you're supposed to murder somebody so i don't know yeah but this was a murder yourself yeah but you know you look at it like if you are like really sad and lonely depressed at christmas like maybe you don't even have any family to go to or whatever your situation may be it is like well you got jesus you know you got the story of christ um but even even as like a uh, community event it's like you know every christmas we have these uh symbols and and um just what christmas is for us that brings us together you got the tree the lights yeah the, the songs the music mariah carey um the movies you know every christmas is a great yeah. time uh, you know, it's it's you watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and it's just like almost it's almost like reading the Bible, where it's like, oh, that's right, nostalgia. Yes. It feels it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. yeah, it feels good, man. You're gonna eat good, hopefully. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a it's a it is a time of time like to give, time to be better than you. Yeah, usually are. like time to give and remember other people more and a little bit more nice. You know, greet yeah. your neighbor, hello. You know. It's a time of like community and togetherness. It is very commercial, which is kind of gross. And Christmas is definitely my favorite holiday, though. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas is tight. Christmas rocks. Christmas rocks, and you got it right there in the like cold months that you don't usually prefer, but you're like, I mean, even though right now it's pretty nice. That's but that's the other thing. If it if it weren't for Christmas, this time of year would suck. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Dude, bad. If there, yeah, it's like if it was just cold and no Christmas. It's like, yeah, of course I want to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> a, th- a thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices around Christmas time. Yeah. Not? Just hanging out with people out in the snow, bundled up, going caroling or looking at a tree. Dude, or Yes. Get some hot cocoa. Yeah. If it was that cold outside and there were no, like, there, it was just that cold and there was no Christmas. There's no Christmas? Yeah. 
It would be, oh my God, what a nightmare. Yeah, and how does everybody have like a holiday around this time? I mean, I don't, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not knowledgeable enough. I know they say that it has its roots in like some sort of pagan belief or something. Well, sure, sure. Win- winter aspects. solstice or, or something like that. Yeah, but but this is what I'm saying. Like you got you got Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. I mean, there's you know, there's so many aspects of it. The Santa Claus is a, just a Dutch legend, so it's like that's a whole how that got mixed in with all these other things. But you know, who could whatever it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, you know, we're Christian boys. We don't think about that kind of stuff. We always, you know, worry ourselves with that. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, and, and uh, the spirit of Christmas is. The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's right. That's was right. born on December twenty fifth. Yep. Two thousand uh, at at zero A.D. At zero so, o'clock, zero A.D. <laughs> zero A.D. Zero B.C. Right, simultaneously zero B.C. and A.D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, but December twenty fifth of that year. Definitely, without dispute. December twenty fifth of that year, yeah. somewhere the, somewhere in the night, like somewhere early in the morning, it was like, you think right at midnight, yeah, something like that, high in the sky, nice high star, yeah. But I mean, it was in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. yeah, Bethlehem in the in that area. So probably, yeah, you know, it probably wasn't snowing. You know, for being honest, it probably wasn't that cold. That's um, nice. Yeah, it's the Middle East, you know. Yeah, it's, well, it gets um, a little, it gets cold out there in the desert. It can it? get cold. The, the the desert nights can get cold for sure. Yeah, I guess there's just no snow, so I guess it, yeah, gets, I mean, it does get chilly. It's a little chill. Well, he he was wrapped up in some swaddling he was clothes. Swaddled. He, he was all right. He was. They, she did a good swaddle. On she him. swaddled. She knows what she's doing. She swaddled. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's swaddle. She's a swaddler. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I love I love it. I love a woman who swaddles. Yeah it's it's good you don't find those often so hey can you swaddle my kids <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah i know what you're talking about uh <laughs> but um Dude. i think luke, luke was a good choice because it um i i have not read this in some time and i i definitely did not I this might I I was not aware of Zacharias or Elizabeth or this mention of taxes in Syria or whatever. Yeah. Um so I I don't know. I I'm so not knowledgeable on all of this on on like scripture. It's well, it's I, well, it's interesting cuz a lot of those re, a lot of those things that you're like why is this even in here? A lot of it is because of prophecy confirmation. These guys were tr- that were writing this were trying to confirm through older Old Testament scriptures. They were they were confirming the prophecies that Jesus had fulfilled by doing a lot of this stuff leading up to it. Yeah. So like that has a lot to do with the moving away. So that them moving or going to Bethlehem to be registered or or do their census for tax reasons, right? It's showing why this guy who was born out of Nazareth. Because he's supposed to be, he's, the Savior's supposed to come from, from Nazareth. Well, then another place says he's born of Bethlehem. Well, how could that be? How is someone born from a certain place and born somewhere else? It's like, well, because on their trip to Bethlehem to get registered, Mary's water broke. Mm-hmm. So that's how. That's how you can 
had fulfilled two prophecies of being born in Bethlehem from Nazareth. Yep. So that's what's weird about it all. You know, it is very fascinating. I mean, the guys that put this work of art together did a good job. I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. It yeah. has uh, done a lot to the world, as you mentioned earlier. So, but Dalton, I, dude, I gotta, I gotta pee so bad. All right. Well, let, let's let's pray and then we'll end this. Okay. Okay. With, um, this wonderful sermon we've had uh, on this, the the Christmas extravaganza. The yes, the the Christmas sermon. Tis this Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, folks, thank yeah, thank you for amen. joining us. Yeah, amen. Thank folks, thank you for joining us for this Christmas, this uh, most uh, beloved, blessed Christmas sermon. Everybody, uh, bow your heads, <laughs> Heavenly Father. Thank you for this day, for it was not promised to us, and thank you for another beautiful Christmas. Uh, and in the in the spirit of, of the season, we we thank you just so so much for sending your one and only Son to us to take on our sins and and, and die for our sins, so that we may achieve salvation. And it it, it is in this time, uh, especially uh, that we remember that uh, and hold it in such reverence. Um, it, this is a, a time for introspection for um just really uh, uh uh appreciating what what you've done for us and it's a time of togetherness a time of community uh a time of giving a, a time in which we uh hold it, it within our souls and express the teachings of christ and father we we know it's a lonely time for a lot of people out there it's a dark time this time of year so we ask you to bless those out there they're less fortunate or or alone in this time or, or suffering. Uh, bless them. And, and, and even though they may not believe, uh, give unto them the, the, the glimmer of hope, the bright shining light that we feel, uh, for they are still deserving of it. For we are all your children, uh, Lord God. It is through you that all things are possible, miracles even. Uh, and, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, Merry Christmas, dude. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to improvise those <laughs> prayers. <laughs> yeah, the prayer. I'm I'm like really trying to figure out what to say during a prayer. I think you're doing a good job. You know. Yeah. All right, because but... that was, dude. That would make me so nervous in church when they would be like. Don't you know, want you pray. Yeah, when we would do like prayer circles or whatever, where it's like each person has to say a prayer, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm drawing a blank on this one." Yeah, I don't yeah, know what to say. Short and sweet. Yeah, this yeah. is like, "Lord bless me, bless my mom and dad, bless my friends, Amen." Or, or yeah, exactly. Or you could always throw that one where it gets you a little attention. Be like, "God, I just really need your strength right now." You know what I've been going through. That's all. Jamie, or Amen, or whatever you signed, signed, signed yes. Jamie, <laughs> your your servant, Jamie. Best regards. Yeah. Uh, well. And everybody's like, "Ooh, what's he going through? Give me strength, God. You know what I'm going through right now. Just give me strength, Amen." Everybody's like, "Oh wow, what's he going through?" Uh, talk to him. And folks, the collection plate, Patreon.com/slash Cornfield with Dalton Pruitt. It's the spirit of giving. Anyway, thank you. I love you. 
uh, 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 blessed be, praise be to the, to, to the Lord our God. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him all the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such meanest ache where rocks and ass are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here the silent word is pleading. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him all the Son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. The king of kings, salvation brings that loving hearts in King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of man.